0: Oh,
1: what's up? Oh, what is good? It is Corey and Judith once again for another episode of Tense of Town Tea. That's right, number eighty-five now. Lord Jesus, okay, yes. All right, we've been doing this a little too long now. Try, <laughs> love it. Yes. Um. So yeah, we're two black female writers giving you the tea on the of Town, but not on a. Little gossipy way, right? You know, I love me some gossipy tea every once in a while, but we're giving you the tea uh, in terms of info. Yes, all the things that you need to know if you, you know, want to get into or if you're already into the industry and you just like to listen to us talk. God bless your heart. If that's yes, Um, shout out to (laughs) y'all, shout out out to y'all, y'all patience. Okay, Okay. um. all right so we'll start off with our would you rather which is yeah. a we start off with break a little ice you know mm-hmm. who made that phrase like why what do you
0: i drink don't know like? i'm sure they were uh, ice fishing it was a white person because most okay. black people are not trying to fish in I the goddamn cold unless yeah i'm chewing on it but <laughs>
1: that's true um, unless this is for a drink okay mm-hmm. okay i'm gonna look up the origins of that phrase mm-hmm. like what, what you mean break ice beach? <laughs> <Yes>. um <laughs> Jackson, would, mm. would you rather be in a world where there is no crime or no privacy? Ooh, so it has
0: to be one or the, clearly one or the other. Um, <laughs> clearly, because that's what this game is. Um, <laughs> um, You know what, I'd rather have no crime and then, yeah, I'd rather have no crime. I'd rather if if everything everybody's good and nobody's doing anything wrong, then it's like no privacy. Okay. Or out in the open. You know what I mean? It's all good. You see me. You might see some things you don't want to see, but Everybody like, good though, you know. That's like right. everybody good though. Yeah, I would hope for no crime, and it'd be nice to live in a world where people felt 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 like they didn't need to commit crimes. It's not like you know, people you know do it out. I mean, there are some evil people who are just like crimes. I like to do them for fun. And like most people are doing it because they don't have access to something, or you know what I mean. So I would, I would, I would rather no crime, but like you know, ain't got no privacy. I think I could do that.
1: mm. Okay, okay. As someone who loves my privacy very dearly, (laughs) it would feel very uh wrong to be like, I want crime just so I can (laughs) do privacy. Like, (laughs) girl, cut it, cut it loose. Um, so yeah, I think I would do no crime too, because it would be Mm -hmm. interesting to see how the world would exist without Mm -hmm. crime, like what things would be different if crime didn't exist. We have would we have front doors? Right. Don't need privacy, would we right. have locks on teams? Would right. we, yeah, a lot of things would be different, so yeah,
0: so everything can... would be clear as long as there's still like insect, you know, mesh things that we could. Can... <laughs> she said,
1: Lola, but ain't, ain't coming to call. <laughs> That's almost that I'm okay with. <laughs> like, she said, That's all she worried about. <laughs>
0: Keep the outside on the outside. That's always okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No ma'am and no sir.
0: Okay, so yeah, that's that's where I'm at with that.
1: All right. Okay. Nice and easy.
0: Yeah. That was a good one. You rather. Um, so yeah, yeah. Good job. Um, yeah. So now we're going on to our know better do better segment. And this is where we discuss kind of what we've learned throughout the week that helps us with our writing and on our journey to getting into the writer's room or just something we saw that was like inspirational and stuff. So, um, my know better do better this week is maintain your network as an introvert. (laughs) This is just more for me, honestly. Um, some people are really (laughs) good. Some people are really good at like, you know, reaching out and connecting and like, making sure like they're actively, you know, being engaged with people and building those uh, relationships. Me, like sometimes I'll have a good start. And then like, you'll never hear from me again or some shit. And it's just like, (laughs) damn, dude. Not, it's never, like, come on, again. <laughs> Not never again. <laughs> like, they got to wonder if you are right. So I think it's just the in me. It's like, okay, I did, I did the networking thing. And then I want to retract and hide and just do my own thing. Right. But there's ways to maintain your network so that you feel like it's authentic in terms of like building those friendships and building those types of relationships that will ultimately help you in your career. But ultimately you want to feel like you're building community of cool people that you just want to work with. It's not just like, Mm -hmm. Oh, well, I want you for, for this gain. It's like, no, like if you want to maintain your network, try and build those relationships as genuinely and authentically as possible. So for Mm -hmm. me, like I'm learning like, okay, like, you know, this podcast is a great way for networking. Like Corey's done a great job in reaching out to writers. And when we reach out to them, we keep connecting. We still like connect with them. We still say, Hey, what's up? How are you? Like, love your work. Like if we're connecting on social media, like we're supporting them. Like that's a natural way. Like when people know you and it, it doesn't feel crazy. You know what I mean? It feels yeah. very natural. It's like, Oh yeah, I see you. Like we'll do, whoop, do your thing. Support the, you know, support the team. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, So, yeah. And even also just for me, since I'm an introvert and um, well, depending on where you are, you know, with COVID jumping and all that stuff, but again, one-on-one coffees and lunches and just sitting down and getting to know people, you know, still doing the zoom thing. But like those one-on-ones are really good. I know for me, the big networking spaces are very intimidating and it's like, you have to work the room and it's like, ah, That's not me. So it's like, I do better when it's one-on-one more intimate um, relationship building. So yeah, I think whatever is authentic to you, maintain your network, but you know, don't be afraid to like reach out and connect with people and continue to like, you know, build those relationships. Cause it's real, you never know where those uh, relationships may go and how it may help you along your career, especially if you're just authentic and trying to get to know people and build community. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Just encouraging y'all to maintain your network. How about you? How do you? I mean, I think you're you're way better at it than me, I think.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, uh, yeah, it's it's honestly Ugh. social media. Yeah. That is, I think, the easiest way to maintain it's 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 the easiest way to maintain mm-hmm. a network these days. yeah, that was a problem with me too, is keeping in contact with people. I can easily reach mm-hmm. out to somebody and be like, hi hey girl. And we don't talk, you know, maybe for a month, mm-hmm. but, you know, book. but no. This is uh, something I learned starting my fashion career working mm. in America. Was it was a lot about networking as well in that industry, too. And one thing my mentor told me, she just said, "Reach out once a month." and, like, see, and this is if you don't—that's not too. Social media. Yeah, like because on social media it's easy to keep up with somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm you reply to their stories yeah you will not be fake about it just yeah went about your interaction with yep. them. and it's very easy to maintain a network thank god yeah. these days with having them on instagram so yep. if you are like judith i definitely recommend having them on instagram that way mm-hmm. you guys get to know each other um just through through the months you know yeah the years without you know having to always be talking all the time so yeah And once a month
0: is very doable, too. That's a really good point. Yeah.
1: So if if you don't have them on social media, it's like one of those kind of relationships where you're like, we ain't cool like that, but I want to keep up with you as a contact, reach out to them once a month, set something up once a month, a coffee, something. It's very Mm -hmm. simple, very easy. And if you're not setting something up once a month, just let them know, hey, just seeing how you're doing Mm -hmm. type situation. Um, If you miss them on, that's fine. That happens. But uh mm-hmm. that was something that one of my mentors told me that I thought was rather helpful mm-hmm. to me. Well, why dope. am I switching to British? <laughs> 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 It just comes out. She just says, hello, I need to speak. Yeah, babes. You sound <laughs> beautiful, babes. Beautiful. Uh, hello, what are you doing? It's little <laughs> Um, shut up, girl? Hello. So. <laughs> yeah so that's yeah. like my tidbits about maintaining network i have the same issue too yeah um but yeah social media plus show get them yeah. on something child and be yeah. active on it mm-hmm. and uh just interact back and forth it's super to me i mean social media is not organic <laughs> <laughs> I not. like social media is not organic but yeah. the interactions can be organic yeah if you make them that way yeah so, Yeah. yeah yeah those are kind of my tidbits that was a great no better, do better, Miss Judith, Thank you. Kind of mm-hmm. piggybacking off of the other. I think we talked about networking in another. Uh, no better, do better. So yeah, I'll we did. Be, this could be a series, shoot. Okay. <laughs> Let's give it to them. Shoot. Okay. <laughs> a little series. <laughs> um. All right, so we can just move right into the news, chat. Hey. We got a couple of news stories from a uh, who? Shadow Act, of course. Don't be actin' new, of course. Y'all already know. <laughs> Shadow Axe. Yes. Oh my god, we have another story about Mister Jean Page, and I did not learn how to say his name. <laughs> <You know> what? <laughs> what I'm gonna do right now is because, go ahead and YouTube.
0: Yeah, I think how it's reggae. It? I think it's enunciated reggae Jean Page. Okay. Double check. I don't want to be. No, I'm not
1: going to. We're not going to fuck up his name another
0: episode. Uh, um, not another fun. episode. Because we clearly going to be talking about him for a long exactly. time. Okay.
1: Everyone knows. But it's not for the reasons you
2: think. Oh, what is the not-
1: reason? <laughs> We don't ever do this, but I in okay. yeah. yeah. Produce Paramount's reboot of The Saint. This is ooh. The project with Paramount following the upcoming film Dungeons and Dragons. See y'all getting
0: a little sound effects. Y'all getting little reports. <laughs> oh,
1: Disappointed when it was announced. Okay, they didn't even say his name. Ooh. All right. You know don't let uh, Y'all, you know what? I tried. I tried. The disrespect. The disrespect. too. And you the know disrespect. what? Disrespect week i will have it ready for y'all yes um okay so we'll start off with mr lavar burton hey. jeopardy, and his uh debut episode broke a record okay mm. he is um very highly anticipated guest on jeopardy on monday i stand
0: yes I stand congrats to him LeVar i'm so glad he'll be hosting hey. yeah
1: um yeah, so <laughs> what, what? some of the things that happened on the show that day was uh, there was a contestant that managed to obtain the lowest score in history. God oh, damn. Right. <laughs> what, a, what a record to oh. Um, make. Oh, no. Um, oh. <laughs> the oh. embarrassment I feel. Um, he came through with
0: the negative <laughs> points. God yeah. damn. He <laughs> risked it all. He risked it all.
1: No. The score was held by Stephanie Cole, who appeared on the show in March of 2015. Her record was 6000 or 6800 mm. And Patrick Pierce managed to exceed that by a deficit of 600 So his total was negative 7400 Yeah. So, um, oh. <laughs> poor, poor baby. So that happened on his. Uh, <laughs> Uh, on his debut episode, um, yeah, so that's uh, actually the record uh, <laughs> that was broken on LeVar's episode, but we will, we will a- appoint it to a uh, LeVar being uh, here, um, so you know. He no- was so nervous,
0: he was so yeah. nervous that LeVar Burton was there, he couldn't get it together, honey.
1: Yeah, he said, oh my gosh, LeVar Burton, <laughs> like, I can't, can't I can't. don't know answers to questions. <laughs> so- <laughs> Poor baby. <laughs> Oh no! <gasps> Woo, I
0: feel so bad. I oh man! So but bad. um, oh. also,
1: R. P. to Mr. Alex Trebek, who we lost last. Yes, year. the long time. Yes, lead, um, long time host of Jeopardy. So, yeah. R. P. to him, and shout out to LaVar Burton. I don't know nice. if they're gonna make it a permanent thing, mm. but um, because this is just a guest host. But oh no, I like him, and I think that would be dope. If yes, do it permanently, but. We can't be having people in the negatives because they so damn nervous. <laughs> yeah. So, like, come on, man, you gotta know something. Come well, on, my ass talking shit. Had I have gone on there, I'll sh- I'll break that record too. But, you, know, <laughs> you know, a lot of random facts. Like, I'm the keeper yeah. of random facts, so I might yeah. be okay. But, child, I can't <laughs> talk until I get on there because you know I might be breaking records too. Negative. 15. Truly. It's truly <laughs>
0: truly oh poor baby but that's okay you know I mean,
1: record. He broke okay up. you
0: got on there okay i know my ass would not be please child, please what do you mean what
1: is who is what is this and who is that i don't know
0: <laughs> i have no idea i wouldn't answer
1: the question correctly
0: <laughs> i'd just be happy to break even just zero i'd be like whoa all right yeah. <laughs> not in the negative I would feel
1: like a hero,
0: honestly. Okay. (laughs) Just
1: shouting out people. I want to shout out my family and now, you know. (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) All right. So next um, story that we have is a Lee Daniels, Yaya Da Costa story. Um, So Fox dropped the very first teaser. 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 (laughs) Yes. All Kind of People, which is produced by Lee Daniels. It is from the showrunner Karen Gist. Who um, worked on Star and Mixed Ish? Hey, is that's a mixed-ish? But they you can watch them on Hulu or something. Yep. Um, the series has been in the works for some time. It is inspired a lot by Lawrence Otis Graham's critically acclaimed book, Our Kind of People Inside America's Black Upper Class. Mm. And it takes place in the aspirational world of Oak Bluffs on Martha's Vineyard, a historical stronghold where the rich and powerful black elite have come to play for over 15 years and it follows a strong little single mom as she sets out to reclaim her family's name and make an impact with a revolutionary hair care line that highlights the innate natural beauty of black women. Okay. But she soon discovers a dark secret about her own mother's past that will turn her world upside down and shake up this community forever. Oh. So it stars Yaya DaCosta, Morris Chestnut, mm, Oh, and, well. and Nadine Ellis, Lance Gross, mm, Ryan Nicole Brown, Kyle Berry, and Elena Bright. Well, let's so, go then. Yeah, Daniels is producing and definitely watch that trailer on um, the YouTubes. Yes. It sounds very interesting. I, yeah. I, I'm i probably going to give it a whirl.
2: Mm.
1: What a cast. Yeah, it that's dope. A great cast. All right. So looking forward to that. Last story we have is about Mr. Page. Jean Page. Yes. Peche. Um, who we talk about every sooner we talk about him every week now, which yes. is why I'm gonna get his name right. <laughs> right. So he lands his first lead studio role in the Saint reboot, which you guys may have heard from that video where I tried mm. to get them to pronounce his name, but they refused as well. Uh-huh. Um, so well, we don't refuse. We just aren't doing our due diligence and that's on us. Um, but Britishman's former leading man, Mr. Page has booked his very first studio lead role. Congrats. The saint at paramount um he has a lot of stuff lined up as you can tell because we talk about yes. him all the time but this is his first uh lead role or yeah this is his first that he's in the lead roles like yeah, I mean, yeah the studios. He, wasn't, mm-hmm. he wasn't the lead in bridgerton he was just a leading man yeah um, yeah yeah um so as the Highway Reporter notes in their exclusive report, Saint is based on the early 20th century adventure novels by Leslie Chotteris mm. that featured <laughs> a mysterious man named Simon Tipler taking down various sorts of bad guys. Yes. So the character proved quite popular, appearing in the comics, mm-hmm. serials, and of course movies and television. Roger Moore famously starred in the 1960s British TV series of the same name. Val Kilmer starred in the Paramount's 1997 film, Saint as a Master's mm. Guide, ooh. Um, and the long line for the new version is still being kept under wraps. Mm-hmm. But um, it's been in the works for a while, and last year Chris Pine was attached to the one with uh, somebody else directing. But oh, that okay. project has been shelved, and it's unknown if um, the other person who's directing, Dexter Fletcher, will still be involved. Okay. But, um, yeah, we're excited to see him in some more teams. I mean, he's really busy he's, out here in these street show. He's, so. he's doing the damn thing. And I added another
0: news thing, forgive me, because I just saw, but I just got so fucking excited when I saw this.
1: Ooh, let's do it. Okay. Yes. Oh, yeah, this looks great. Yeah. So another Octavia Butler novel is getting adapted for TV and film. Officially establishing you know, a crowded playing field for Butler projects. Deadline reports that Octavia Butler's um, novel *Fledging* will be turned into a pilot script from Lovecraft Country executive producer and writer Sonia Whitten odumton and Jonathan I or L or I think it's I Kid Yeah I think Lisa you're right Ray now. and JJ Abrams. Okay. Produced with Kid and Whitten Odin through mm-hmm. their respective productive arms, hooray, and bad robot. So, the book was completed one year before um, Octavia Butler's death, and it follows a young girl suffering from amnesia, but mm-hmm. ultimately realizes her horrifying reality. She's actually a 53 year old genetically modified vampire. Go off. That is oh, dope.
0: So dope! I'm like, Octavia Butler, the queen of, like, Afrofuturism and, like, Uh, uh, Afro, like, sci-fi, like, and then Issa, and then Lovecraft Country executive producers. I was like, no. Let me. This is
1: going to be absolutely amazing. I love it. So, um, forced to discover what she can learn about her stolen former life, she must, at the same time, learn who wanted and still wants to Mm -hmm. destroy her and those she cares for and how she can save herself. Mm -hmm. So that's the book's official description. Um, Warner Bros. Television will function as a studio for the pilot. Other executive producers for the pilot include Hooray's Montrell McKay and Sarah Rustagi, Bad Robots, Ben Stevenson, Rachel Rush Rich, and startup executive producer, Ray Record. So this is now the fifth Butler project in development, Mm -hmm. um, which means that mm, we're gonna have Mm -hmm. lots of Butler and that we're gonna have um, some Black Futurism teams happening for the gals yes that is so exciting yes wow okay so yeah very good uh last minute ad yes last minute touchdown mm-hmm. uh, i'm gonna actually go ahead and order that so i can take a read okay add, okay because <sighs> i hadn't heard of fledging before yeah well, I'm taking a read to that. Hunty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. All right. So mm-hmm. that is the end of our new segment. We're going to yeah. take a little break. And when we come back, we got Dennis Williams. Yes. The second. Okay. And Brandon Wellington coming through to bless us with some knowledge and gems. So look forward to that.
0: Yes. Y'all gonna love it.
3: So, here we are. We're in the main yeah. segment. We're going to be interviewing Dennis Williams II. The second. <laughs> and then... <laughs> I couldn't forget that, you know? And then, Mr. Brandon Wellington. Thank you guys so much for coming through today for the thank show. You. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much, so for, much. Having thank yeah. you for
2: having us. Yeah.
3: All right. So... Um, We have your bios, but first, Mm -hmm. we just want you guys to start off by telling the people, you know, let us know your journey, a recap of your career in your own words.
4: Oh man, I don't, I don't have much to say, but uh,
3: what? Okay, no, now you're playing, (laughs) lies, (laughs) you're playing now. All right, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um,
4: no, I'm a filmmaker uh, based in LA now, by way of New York, by way of Maryland. Mm -hmm. Um, I met this beautiful, talented gentleman in New York beautiful beautiful absolutely absolutely this guy has been a major part of my life um i started as a screenwriter i still write writing is my first passion uh, but also direct now uh as of the past like five years maybe um i my main thing is hustle porn that's what i call uh all right my style of of cinema it's uh black triumph is is what i like to focus on um Studied to be a playwright, moved to New York, started working in film, on the indie side. I've always been indie, and it's taught me all of the tools and tricks that I know. Um, I m- most recently moved out here to LA to continue to help my projects flourish. Working on my
2: first feature right now, right. Um, and here I am.
3: So. Okay, we love that. Nice. Perfect. And what about you, Mr. Brandon?
2: yeah this is brandon wellington to sum my career up in two minutes is a a little tough and i actually want to thank god for that because that was the time i could have summed it up in two seconds amen Mm -hmm. you know that's
3: the word Mm. Mm -hmm. okay
2: (laughs) shout out to dennis as well very beautiful soul and a good person to have in your corner very talented um you know he brings stories to life and i've been fortunate enough to actually work with him on a couple of projects i'm from indianapolis indiana Also lived in Hollywood, Florida as a kid. Moved to New York City at the age of 18 on a poetry scholarship. God changed my life through the gift of poetry. It's always been the gift that kept giving and carrying me through new seasons of my life. Uh, Poetry, I would say it changed my life. I remember I put out my very first poetry video on YouTube called America in Four Minutes. And Mm -hmm. the NBA found it, and they asked me to come write for them. And I did, and it gave me a career in sports to start. Uh, I went to school for to study film and television acting. Uh, when yeah. I got out, I did a lot of independence and short films. And my career wasn't moving in the way that I wanted it to. I had got hit with a lot of personal tragedies around 2011, 12, 13, mm. 14, 15. I it was mm. it was unbelievable. Mm. You know, I lost my you know a cousin of mine who just died 20 at 20 years old unexpectedly. Then my grandfather, my grandmother, my brother had committed mm. suicide. Then I lost a roommate, and I was going through a lot of personal tragedies at that mm. time. And poetry really yeah. carried me through. And um a couple years later, you know, I was having a tough time just trying to love life. When you go through so many different things that are traumatic, yeah. you find it difficult to love life. Mm-hmm. But one of the gifts yeah. that I didn't know that I needed, it was a gift I didn't ask for, but it was a gift I needed. It was the gift of uh, hosting. I got an opportunity mm-hmm. to host for the New York Mets. I was the in-game host there for five years. And uh, if mm-hmm. you ever came out to the game, I interviewed fans, uh, players on the Jumbotron and things like that as well. And uh, for like five years out of my life, I got I got paid to roll out of bed and simply be myself. And when people found value in that, it helped me learn to love myself because I started to see the world around me was loving me as well, too. And they Mm -hmm. weren't asking me to play a character. They wasn't asking me to do a voice. They were saying, be you. And that was infinitely valuable to me. It was the gift I didn't ask for, but it was the gift I needed. And uh, through that, everything else started to fall into place. My acting career began to get back on track. I did a couple of uh, co-star roles on Blue Bloods, Gotham, and Younger. Orange is the New Black passed me the ball, gave me my first recurring role. I uh, started mm-hmm. off doing season one as a um, co-star recurring, and they bumped me up to guest star recurring my second season. Mm-hmm. And... Um, that was a blessing in itself, and I met a couple of great people on there. Uh, I'm also a stand-up comedian as well. I started off doing that at first. I just now got back to the stage, so you'll see me out here on these okay. LA stages trying to bring joy and smiles and laughter to people's okay. faces, which is, you know, a blessing in itself as well too. Uh, I won an Emmy for writing poetry. I guess yes. that that All helps. Right. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Suncoast Regional Emmy for a piece that I wrote for the Miami Heat Kids Day broadcast, and uh, mm-hmm. you know it was just an, another uh, notch in my belt along the poetry, train, uh, poetry chain or train. And it's just you know it's just the, the gift that keeps on giving. And uh, yeah, I think that 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 will sum most of it up.
3: All right. Nice. Okay. That's amazing. Yeah.
2: Well,
0: I mean, all I hear is Black excellence. I love it.
2: <laughs> Thank you. I,
0: I'm a fan. Um, you know, it's very clear that both of you guys have worked together. I know you guys have worked together on a show called Payroll, which I think came out in 2018. And it's clear that you guys have like a really awesome working relationship and bond. Wondering what you guys have learned from each other in terms of seeing each other grow through each career, but also... Mm-hmm how you guys worked with each other on set
2: is that a question yeah De- dennis is a very what
0: have you learned yeah what have you learned from
3: dennis me with working with him yeah
2: Did dennis showed me that um there is art by community is probably one of the best ways to go you know mm-hmm. what, what i love the most about dennis is he's a phenomenal writer and storyteller but what he does well on set is uh he's he's an list writer Eagle is director, and uh, he trusted mm-hmm. people who he employed to be a, the, to be on his project to also have creative input when they're doing things that may or may not feel or sound natural to them from an acting standpoint. He said, well, what okay. sounds natural to you? Is there something else you could do or say that will keep it within the same vein of what it is of the idea I'm trying to convey that will also allow you to be yourself as well, too? What do you mm-hmm. think? What do you say? And it's very interesting Quiet. being around people like that, too, because they also reaffirmed the, the creative genius that may uh, lie inside of you as well, too, and they opened it they unlock the box and ask for it to come out. And uh, so Dennis is a very collaborative uh, person to work with, and it, makes, the, it makes, makes work fun. It makes you feel like you're valuable, too, beyond just one skill set, but all the other ideas you may have as well, too. He, he'll listen.
3: Mm, okay. What about you?
2: I don't know how to follow that one up.
4: <laughs> um, I think Brandon takes every universe very seriously, right? So he's mm. going to question everything in the most positive way. Mm-hmm. Where is this character at? Most importantly, what's their backstory before they got here? Mm-hmm. Is a conversation that he's always going to have with you. Um, I said I didn't have anything to promote, but something that we are doing next is so. So last year we did a film called A Balcony in Brooklyn. We meaning Campsite, mm-hmm. a production company that was about a um, a party, an underground party at the height of quarantine. So we did a sequel to that recently. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called A Backyard in Baldwin. Uh, Brandon is a part of that.
2: Uh, congrats. Congrats. yeah Dennis right. always calls me it, 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 my relationship with Dennis is break break emergency box just in case <laughs> <laughs> I've never been called out right to just pull up it's always been break glass. case oh man it's always like that okay <laughs> Dennis has only employed me when another actor has dropped out oh man oh, no. that, he is, he is. I'm, I'm somewhat sad <laughs>
4: <laughs> what do you have to and, say about that what I have to say is he's busy He's busy. There I didn't know if this hey, guy. Man.
2: Good answer.
0: I, good there I, we I go. Don't Good save. Truth. I don't, don't, I don't know if this guy is in Stop. Canada,
4: San <laughs> <good> Francisco, <laughs> Mexico. There's a lot that didn't fit into how he got here. That is uh, very fair. That, that's, it, fair. Exactly, <laughs> that, that's Exactly. A, that's a
2: fair answer. Come on now. You got to give it to uh, him. That's exactly, exactly. fair. Exactly. But, but what, what, what we need Dennis to get to is understanding that, yeah, I may be busy, but my schedule, my schedule is changeable for you.
3: See. There we go. Yeah. See. It's that. on the record. It's on that. the record. There <laughs> you go. <laughs> to it. <laughs> but
4: now nah, this guy has held me down in the toughest of situations, right? And he gets to set. I call him maybe three hours before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he changed his entire day plans. And then he is one of the most prepared in his scene. He has the second scene of the day. Um, mm, okay. and the first question to me is, you know, why why does he say this or what's his perspective mm. or uh really yeah. trying to learn his character in the moment. And um I respect that level of method acting. I don't think that I could ever that that's just an art form that I can never put myself in, like in that seat in those shoes. Mm-hmm. So um Brandon takes every universe seriously, uh let alone every character seriously. Uh and you know, it's just inspirational to be around.
2: See, I don't like when you say you can't do something, because I actually think that you can, because you've proven to yourself that if you put yourself in any type of environment, you can adapt and, and, and grow from it. But maybe you haven't really thrust yourself into that to have to do it. But if you had to, you could. I'm, I,
4: I'm more M Night Shyamalan. Like I'll I'll take something out of the vending machine to keep it moving. I just saw I'm his not, recent <laughs> movie. I'm not like. <laughs> what did you think? It's
2: amazing. It's good. Okay. That's amazing. Oh. You're the first person I've heard say that. Well, mm. a lot of people are very difficult to please because we live in we live in such a critical a critical world. You know it's crazy. Yeah. All right. So here's what's, what's the price? movie about.
4: <laughs> right, um, yeah, you know, I'll tell you. Yeah. What, so
2: the movie is called Old. Uh, it starts one okay. of my one of my good friends, Alex Wolf, He played in Jumanji with Sidarius. Okay. but oh, okay. but mm-hmm. in a, in a nutshell, without spoiling anything for anyone who hasn 't seen it, you know um, old is really about appreciate the moments that you have right now uh, hmm. because time is such an illusion. we all my friend who drove me here today, Corey Webb, great comedian and actor as well too. we were having a big conversation about when you think you have more time and how you mm-hmm. handle life when you think you have more time. Old mm-hmm. in a sense, kind of flips that idea on his head. And okay. and it pulls time away from you and it allows it the characters in there start to figure out what do they do with these moments that they have because they may or may not have more. And so and, and yeah. life to a degree is the same way. Like, you know, I don't want to make yeah. this morbid or nothing like that. But, <laughs> yo, we all got plans for the weekend. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm do the weekends okay. have plans for us? And so that is All the right. real no. question. Right? That's a crazy pertinent question that we always must be aware of. And so <laughs> when we think about that, right, these moments become important because I don't know how much time I have. None of us do. Mm-hmm. But what's mm-hmm. beautiful is that we chose to use these moments that we have, which are so precious, and share them with each other, uplift each other, share stories and things like that that could go well beyond our time here. And I think old, in a sense, the, the next M. Night Shyamalan movie, in a sense, kind of brings time into perspective and about what will you do with those moments that you have?
4: You are literally the most positive person I know because no one <laughs> else will get that from that <laughs> moment Not even him.
2: I heard a quote. It says that uh, if you think twice, you'll be one of the smartest people in the world.
3: Okay. Well, I mean? most okay. people
2: don't do that. They got one opinion and they don't even question that.
3: All right. That's true. That's true okay mm-hmm. so as creators who would you guys say are your biggest inspirations or were your biggest inspirations mm. coming up and getting into creating
2: And in what realm i think in what realm i think he's know, exactly like i told you he is isn't he <laughs> mm-hmm. well
4: because well i think we all have
2: different influences like well, okay well who influences you as a director or as a writer as a person as oh a no person? no that yeah. is a valid question right. for sure
3: yeah as a director as a writer do those two
2: dennis you're a director you you direct? direct. I directed. I've directed like my own videos, you know. That's still directing. Okay, that's still directing. Yeah. So I've only directed poetry videos. Then in that case, and, and and in that essence, I would say from a from a from a spoken word standpoint, I like Sully Brakes and Jefferson Befke. <laughs> they mm-hmm. they've influenced my style of poetry because mm-hmm. when we were coming up doing poetry, it became kind of big. How old is YouTube? When did it come out? YouTube, you know, yeah, two thousand nine. Nine.
4: It got bought by Google in 2009. Right. About, so YouTube like, kind of became years before that. Kind of
2: became big around 2010. I put my first piece out on YouTube in 2012. At that time, video poetry wasn't really the thing like that. And <laughs> so there was really only a few people in that space doing it before it kind of got really big and commercialized. And so you would have to try to find people in that niche that were already starting to train getting the train rolling and Mm -hmm. these guys were ahead of the curve and I would watch what they do. And they inspired me. I'm like, "Hmm, maybe this is a good idea to go about how to film these videos. And these became a staple to a point where I started doing these on a national level. I've written for USA men's national soccer team. I've written for the NBA and some of those same styles that were coming up off of YouTube in the early two, like 2010, 2011, 2011, they made it all mainstream. So and from that standpoint, hey, they influenced me as a director from a poetry standpoint. Uh, as a writer, uh, I like uh Tupac Shakur and Langston Hughes.
4: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Those are great poets. <laughs> They're yeah, great amazing.
3: Poets. yeah. amazing.
4: I love that. Um yeah. I'm gonna go Spike here, and Hero Moriah and both ends of that generational spectrum. Um Aaron Sorkin has been a big inspiration for me on the writing front. Mm. Uh, I I, got, I have a theater background, so a lot of like my early stuff was like super dialogue heavy, and I had to like mm. learn yeah. how to get in and out of scenes. I think Brandon helped me with that a lot too. Mm. Um, but I think Aaron Sorkin is like really good at, at tempo and pace in a way that I admire. Um, so he's definitely been an inspiration for me in the writing standpoint.
3: And do you still write like plays now, or
2: are you more sticking to scripts? uh
4: film now? Okay. Uh, but I want to get back to plays. Okay. Aren't you working on something? I want to,
2: or no, are you working on anything in that vein, or what's your on the,
4: on the play front? I, um, no, I've been watching stuff, um, but I haven't I haven't been writing any plays. I plan to get back to that next year, like okay. middle okay. of next okay. year. That's good. Um, but there's some amazing plays out there right now that are doing yeah. really well.
3: What are some of your favorites right now? Yeah.
4: Uh, I mean, obviously, Slave Play is killing it. Um hmm Like, uh, and then mm-hmm. he went on to, he wrote, um, he co-wrote Zola. Oh. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's what's, um, to... that's doing very well. Yeah.
4: How'd
2: you guys feel about that movie? Have you seen Zola? No, I haven't. I not. haven't seen I it yet. Seen yeah. it yet. Okay. Yeah. What was it about? Give us a deep uh, perspective. <laughs> uh, synopsis. It's, it's really <laughs>
4: just about life is short, so. See? You got- Wow, connected, connected. Just straight to the uh, point. <laughs> nah, so I was That's the theme of the night. That was huh? the first time I've been to the theater and since before COVID. Oh, okay. so you went to the theater. Went to
2: Alamo House. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, I've only been to two films like post-COVID, yeah. I believe. Mm. It did feel good getting back to the movie theaters, though, right? Yeah, it's, 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 Certain it's okay. films are really meant to be experienced in theaters. Everything is not meant for your home. I appreciate the fact that we do have like the HBO Plus and things mm-hmm. going straight. You know, yeah. like, yeah. you remember straight the DVD? You know, we got straight the streaming. Some of these movies <laughs> yeah. aren't meant for straight the streaming. They're yeah. really meant to that. be experienced in the theater. Immerse yeah. yourself in that environment and the loud sound and the big screen where you feel as if it's taking over your imagination. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: You have a different relationship at home. You know what I mean? You go to the movies, you prepared your mind to receive. At home, you have a different relationship at home. Home is a place of rest. It could be a place of work. It could be so many Mm -hmm. things. You're watching a movie there. You don't experience it the way you do in a theater because you've made a conscious choice that this is going to be your singular focus. And so you feel it, see it, and experience it differently.
3: Very true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 1,000%. Well,
0: the one thing about both of you is that you guys kind of write and... Well, in Dennis's case, write and direct in different genres. And of course, in Brandon's case, acting in different genres. I wonder what approach do you guys take when you go into, if you're going into something that's more dramatic as opposed to something that's more comedic, how do you approach your writing from that standpoint? And your acting, I will say. for
4: you want you- Yeah, I'd love to hear like your perspective on the acting front. For me, like directing and writing, I just try to live in that space
2: for a while. Okay. What do you mean by living in that space?
4: So, Ooh, come I on, mean, follow up. Sorry, sorry. Dennis <laughs> is vague. You got to ask him sometimes, man. He's, just, <laughs> he's cool, vague.
2: Like, <laughs> well, thank you for
3: come digging on. into him. Okay, <laughs> opening him
4: amazing. up. I mean, I try to just exist in it, right? And it's mm. and it's uh, every 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 time I have the opportunity to make a decision to be in that environment and I can get more specific about certain projects. Mm. Um, mm. I will make that choice until I feel like I'm comfortable to speak to that world and those characters. And mm. then the next step to me would be like getting to an outline that I'm comfortable with. And then I can kind of just sprint on the story. Um, and then that helps me on the directing front, obviously. Um, one of the directors that I learned from pretty often, Stefan Bristol, who he worked with. On, I love Stefan. Right. Like mm-hmm. one of the questions that he asked me when we're shooting payroll is like whose scene is this right and it seems Mm. like a simple question but it's like a heavy question on set right like who whose scene is this really um and in a lot of ways that's gonna direct your uh directorial decisions um Mm. and your camera plots and your blocking uh but that begins in the pre-production process and how you prepare and how comfortable you feel in that world right so that you can get lost in it right um so i I wrote a movie about ego death recently um and this is about uh two black men intentionally going to a trip in joshua tree to kill their ego right a mushroom induced like night in joshua tree right like Mm -hmm. how did they get there like i i interviewed so many people like i really like just existed in that for a while until i felt like i would understand that process and for me and it i I have fun with that because that is like Mm. an individual like experience as well right like i Mm. like me learning that process to me even opens my my eyes as a person as a man
2: um Mm. so i don't just see it as like uh a process for work yeah i love that you said that whose scene is this that's Stefan's taught you that? Yeah. That's honestly a really good perspective I, I to start seeing in payroll. scenes. Like I, that's a good question to ask. You know, I'm going to mm-hmm. start asking that when I read scripts now. Like, hey, whose scene is this? Because even if you think about it from a director standpoint, like, yeah, that would probably change the way you edit things, too. But mm-hmm. then if you say you start to write things and you ask, like, Yo, whose scene is this? And as you go to mm-hmm. write it, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, I can make sure that it's tailored specific for, for this particular person. Because yeah. I think sometimes what happens, right, when you're telling a story, you're thinking about every character in it and how all of the stories weave together to make this particular scene work the way that it does and fit in the place that it fits. Mm-hmm. But right. then that's really not why we, when we watch movies, mm-hmm. we tend to attach ourselves to one particular person who we feel is similar in arc to our own lives. And so when we go to watch mm-hmm. scenes and things too, our eyes are primarily focused on how this relates to our own life and how does this, come back to us mm-hmm. but then we start asking ourselves like whose scene is it it kind of takes us out of ourselves and allows us to see it from a space of someone else and now you know not that I I, I don't maybe I do this naturally I don't know but now I want to think about it even more intentionally when I go to watch movies or when I go to write stuff I'm yeah. like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like whose scene is this yeah if you're in a relationship yeah. if you're in a scene it's your girl's scene just know that fellas <laughs> if y'all listening whose scene is her scene just, just, Always. just know that Always. you, play, you that... play the tambourine you
0: <laughs> <laughs> is that <laughs> how you approach it with your acting in terms of uh going through drama or comedy no
2: so this so this is why i asked you what do you mean by living that space um maybe you and i are kind of saying the same thing but differently so i'm i'm there's a saying right it says Mm -hmm. that there's nothing new under the sun there's nothing new under the sun everything has been done before Mm -hmm. okay well that would mean that whatever you're attempting to do there's a matching or corresponding energy out there or some historical record of what you may have done before. I call that the ether. It's a space of creative space. So I think whenever I go to write comedy, I immerse myself with comedians. I get into that ether because people who are doing funny things or comedic things, they're tapped into something that allows them to be lighthearted, funny, comedic, or whatever the case. And then when when you're in that stratosphere or in that energy or in that vein, yeah. It comes out of you naturally. It's the same way mm-hmm. how like if you were to go, if you were to, if you were to hang in a room full of people, let's say they were predominantly negative or pessimistic, you eventually start thinking about some of your own problems too. You'd be like, hmm, well, damn, you know, maybe it maybe, maybe, might be short a little bit this month. Everybody here seems... You start thinking about stuff because that ether is dominating the space. Mm-hmm. So the ideas that permeate that main energy starts to permeate your mind too. So when I start writing comedy... I watch a lot of comedy so that I'm tapping into the same ether as other people. When I'm doing drama, I do the same thing. When I go to write a poetry piece, before I write any piece for whoever contracts me, I just sit down and I go and I watch endless amounts of spoken word videos. I might go to Ooh. coffee shops. I might just. Yeah. I want to get in that ether because if I can tap into that creative space, I know that those ideas and thoughts will come to me as well too. Same way how negative thoughts come to you in negative environments. Mm-hmm. Creative thoughts come to you in creative environments. And if you get even more specific, you can find a match for the creativity that you're looking to embody. Right. All right. I, I agree with that. That Absolutely. makes sense. Yeah. Right.
3: Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Absolutely. It definitely makes
2: yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. 100%.
3: Um, So getting more so into kind of your journeys as creatives, what would you say would be the most, like the best piece of advice you've ever received that really sticks in your mind that you always think about? And then going from there, what would be the best piece of advice that you would give to somebody else as creatives?
2: You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Okay. And that is the energy that I try to embody in everything that I do. Be fearlessly you. Uh, you are valuable. Who you who you are naturally that you bring into the space is of value. You are one of one. You're not one of a million. You're one of one. We're all uniquely mm-hmm. designed, and to be one of one is valuable. Yeah, it's very valuable. Mm-hmm. If there was only one of these tables, this table, in essence, will be the most valuable table it could be because it's only one of it. And you, as a person, you're only one. So I would think, get over fear. Ta- tackle the things that you need to, and you can walk into any space knowing that you have value now, some people could be trash but they but they yeah, may not but they but exist. they may not but they, but well, they could be they could be value. Well, they're just in the wrong place <laughs> so well. but you gotta okay, find nice you way to put it. listen you gotta find you gotta find your essence there's a thing right they say uh there's a thing called the law of location we're gonna get mm. to this i promise we'll let you say some who stuff said, too who said this uh there's a pat. <laughs> his, his actually his actual name is Mike Murdoch. All right, so the law of location, right? It says that everything has a location, right? Mm-hmm. If you take a fish yeah. out of the water and you put it on land, it flops around. It just look stupid. It just blah 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 blah. blah. Yeah. It's like it don't belong uh, there. But if you pick like his ass slider. up and you throw him back in the water, he swims better than Michael Phelps, okay? Cuz he All belongs right. in the water. That's where he's mm-hmm. supposed to be. All right? Um birds are great in the sky. They don't do well on the 101. All right. That's not a place for them. <laughs> so they have no. a location as well, too. You mm-hmm. have a location. We all do. So when you're in a place that you were meant to be, you thrive better. Your excellence comes out better. So yeah. even if there's some people, we'd be like, oh, that person trash." No, they're probably just in the wrong location because they haven't right. found where they need to be for their genius to shine. So mm.
3: Perspective.
2: Right. Mm. So when it comes down to it from a creative space, be fearless. Walk into, walk into the spaces that you know you're meant to be in. You do bring value. Okay. And take that damn shot because if you don't you're going to mm. miss it anyway.
3: There you go. All right. Agreed. Mhm. what about you Dennis?
0: Mr. Williams. Hmm.
3: The I mean second. that's a, a... <laughs> junior. JR period.
4: <laughs> Lesson 1, don't tell Brandon anything. Um, <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Um I mean, I I have to say I have to agree with you. Like I, I it, whether you think that you can or you think that you can't, you're right. I think is um a lesson that we all should continue to learn what, what that means for us. Um mm-hmm. but, you know, as cliche as it is, I like, continue to be a student of the game. I think is mm-hmm. also just as important. I think like mm-hmm. really early on. I had to grow up really I had to grow up really uh early when I was young. Mm-hmm. And I thought that I knew a lot. I knew a lot, but I thought that I knew a lot more than I knew. Um, And I think a lot lot of times that kind of like stopped me from continuing to perfect my craft and Mm. learn from the experiences around me. So like, even when I'm on set now, I think there's just so much room for a script to grow. I remember when I was on set five years ago and I couldn't rewrite like a scene because I just thought that what I had printed out on paper was just it. It was locked, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But now like those things are fluid, like you know yeah um and i i know it can be adapted to for the uh for the moment and th- those things are going to change how would get... you get to that realization um probably a lot of losses honestly like mm, uh okay. pro- probably a lot of losses uh yeah um and then i think just the people that i've met i think you're going to meet people in the randomness of places that uh are gonna teach you lessons that uh they won't even know how it would apply to your life, you know, but you mm-hmm. will. Right. So I think I've 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 just been like like back to the ego thing. There mm-hmm. are like ego death uh services itself like ten times a day in like your normal interactions, right? You have a yeah. choice to like yeah. choose the ego or or to not mm-hmm. in, in anything, right? Yeah, Um, That could be a conversation with your manager, with a new client, with Mm. a script supervisor, with a PA, whatever that might be. Um, So with that said, like in the times where you don't choose ego, you you could learn something that could just, you know, really close the loop on something else that you uh, have been wondering about or have been broken about or have been trying to figure out in your own life. I think I've had enough of those instances where I've learned in like just the randomest corners of life that... Um, I think I've tried to open my eyes a little bit more just to, as I get better to be even more of a student Uh my mm. gosh so
0: going back to what you said about it seems like learning from the losses and I'll, I'll present this to both of you but in this industry there's a lot of rejection you know and I think a lot of writers actors get very disheartened through that journey but it seems mm. like you've learned from that and I'm wondering how you did that and what advice you would give to those creatives kind of still going through that journey and still hitting those rejections and hitting those walls to get pushed past those, like yeah. what, what you would say to them.
2: Listen to me, hear me clearly. There's no such thing <laughs> as rejection. It is called redirection. All right, yeah. I've right. I, I never got rejected. I've only got redirected to where I was supposed to be. Mm. He's amazing with that.
0: That was great, yeah, that was yeah perspective
4: i'll get a no and be like damn <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> right, what's going on nah one no leads you closer to your next yes it's interesting right so my, my good friend Corey, he, he just drove me here so here's the thing right here's here's the funniest thing so i moved out here mm-hmm. right so covid shut down the whole entire world mm-hmm. so i hadn't right. really been on a set in a while and because mm-hmm. of that i just been at home writing just writing And then uh, he comes through, he's like, hey, you know, will will you help me, you know, Hear, hear what I'm working on and see if there's something, you know, maybe you can help me rewrite some stuff. So we yeah. end up start rewriting some comedy bits and things like this. And then he's like, Hey, you know, you got a little bit of time and stuff like that. And your stuff is good. You should get back up there again. So i get mm-hmm. up back there. I start killing the stage, but this all came from not necessarily from maybe, I guess, hearing some no's throughout the year that left my schedule wide open. Cause if I had some yeses, mm. I probably would have been on set. And then I started yeah. rediscovering the power of actually been up there telling my own stories and bringing joy to people's face. There so maybe go. those no's were redirections. Um, right. To right. something else or yeah. time there was a time i was telling him earlier there was a time right i had, i was up for this job at fuse network i swear i was like i want to be a vj i know a lot of people in music this has served mm-hmm. me and the people that i know and i just right. did not get this thing i was distraught and then yeah. uh so that was, was distraught so my agent was like yo we, you, that thing is gone but you know um what do you think about baseball i, was like, I don't talk about baseball you know i mean I, I want this job so then yeah. uh, the Mets, they wanted to work with me, but I really was on the fence about even going in that direction because I wanted to do something else. But I was like, all right, at least let me hear them out. I heard them out. Changed my life. Next thing I know, I'm giving an opening a speech to the th- 2015 World Series. And it wow. was then that place where somebody Amazing. met me and said, hey, aren't you still acting? I was like, man, my schedule's full, but I, I definitely got time for it in the morning. I'm going to introduce you to a manager. I was like, okay, cool. But if I wasn't in that arena that day, mm-hmm. I probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have met the guy who was, you know, he, he, was, he, was, uh, he worked in administration at my school. His name was Steve Cheney. He came and He loved me like yo I'm gonna come to a game so I'll get you tickets and mm-hmm. he's like you have so much talent I'm gonna introduce you to somebody introduce me to my mm. manager and then you know four acting jobs later I'm orange is the new black but had you I been right. at Fuse probably not there you, <laughs> you know so like that yeah. rejection isn't real it's only it's only redirection and if you can just try not to take a no personal
1: mm-hmm.
2: mm. a rejection personal and just see it as is it moving you closer to where you need to be every no leads you closer to the right yes
3: there we
0: go that's i'm gonna need to rub more crystals to get to that point but thank you so much
2: <laughs>
4: that was i mean that's a yeah no that was exciting.
0: that's perfect yeah
4: yeah i think brandon's big on like the pre-work before the no though like um mm-hmm. you know uh yeah. and that's that's a lot of that's like outside of yeah. our craft just us like as in, individuals mm. Um because yeah. i'm just remembering now you got me on the affirmations Oh yeah, we talked about mm-hmm. that yeah. for a minute. Right, right, right. Yeah. But like affirmations where you record yourself, like mm-hmm. to the point yeah. where you, f- you fall asleep to them at night, yep. so that they've tapped into your oh, subconscious. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That level of like, <laughs> ah, next level. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that level. Don't we gotta give them down. the secrets. Gotta give don't, them the secrets. Don't, 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 uh, well, I'm the second, so you're the affirmation <laughs> guy. Uh, <laughs> um, the second, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah losses, a but whole no, other conversation. that's that's true. Though. <laughs> <laughs> sure. The, the, the no's and the losses will lead you to your purpose. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't even know if I have anything to add to that. I think, I think that's a great point.
2: I got a period. I got a drop mic. I got a drop yeah. my. <laughs> you did. You did.
4: I, just, I'm just messing with you.
3: <laughs> you got nothing to say. OK, so let's do some manifestation right now. What are some future goals that you guys are looking for? So when you look back at your career, what are some things that you want to see there? Some achievements, mm. some accomplishments.
0: That's my
2: co-host. It's interesting that you say that, because I tell people a long time ago, I stopped setting goals. They're like, "What do you mean you stopped setting goals?" I was like, "Well, I think mm-hmm. the thing the thing about goals is, okay, obviously there's things you want to accomplish and you have a certain time frame in which you want to accomplish them. That would be considered right. a goal. Right. But mm-hmm. let's say hypothetically you're doing something that's a vocation for life, and let's say you know what my goal is if you make if you make a goal something." I don't set goals anymore. I think what I do is I get in the vein of what I feel brings me joy. Mm -hmm. And my, I guess you could say my goal is to do the things which consistently bring me joy that allows me to bring joy to others. And so Mm -hmm. if today that's writing, then that's writing without necessarily having things attached to a specific outcome. Cause what happens is we become prisoners to outcomes and not necessarily prisoners to process. And so Mm. for me, Stand in the process is the most important thing because, you know, shooters shoot, actors act, writers write, directors direct. And you don't need a network for that. You do not need a court for that. You don't need a team for that. Someone mm-hmm. said, uh, George Carlin, he's a famous comedian, uh, passed away yes. some years ago. He yeah. said, he's yeah. like, I hate the commercialization of sports. You know, if all of the agents, managers, and fans, and arenas went away, you know what would happen? He said, these guys, they would just go shoot around in the, they would just go shoot around in the neighborhood because yeah. they, they're ballers. That's what they would do. Mm-hmm. They don't need... All these other things. But if you say, oh, my, basket, my, my life in basketball is only attached to making it to the NBA. And then you say, oh, I didn't reach my goal. Am I a failure? No. Mm-hmm. Right. It is if you attach yeah. it to an outcome. But if you attach it to a process, I'm going to shoot this ball regardless. Then yeah, you still, right. still find joy in doing the things that make you happy without necessarily needing to see a specific outcome to do those things. Mm-hmm. Right. So I would say we got to become prisoners of process. And so what I do is I try to figure out what it is I can do every single day that will keep me in the flow of what it is that I'd like to do. And then understanding that my process yields results on its own, because Mm -hmm. that's what happens. Right. If you're a scientist or you're 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 formulating the medicine, you're in the process Mm -hmm. of creating creating medicines that you're in the process of creating medicines and if the outcome doesn't come out the way that you do you go back and you just keep tinkering it till eventually it produces what it produces what you need and yeah. if you have a system you build systems and not necessarily goals system oh. stands for save yourself time energy and money so <laughs> I, I would tell my friends when we were coming up we was like yo if you want to be an actor you got to do these two things successfully you got to submit
4: mm.
2: audition and repeat the process you got to do three things you got to submit audition repeat submit audition repeat submit audition repeat i've been doing that since 2009 eventually you book but if you stop that process you don't get that outcome now if that outcome isn't yielding what you want then now you start tinkering the things inside that process mm -hmm. all right maybe submit somewhere else audition differently repeat the process submit audition repeat submit that's how you become an actor you submit audition repeat That is the outcome of becoming one. Submit, audition, repeat. You do that long enough, I swear to you, you book.
3: There we go. Another mic drop. All right.
2: Mm. (laughs) Absolutely.
4: I'm kind of on the same page where I don't, I think it was hurting my work and just my love for like what I do and when I started thinking Mm -hmm. about like where these things are going to go. So I control what I can control, which is a process in itself. But like like my goals are staying as present as I can in the process of like making what I want to make. Mm. um that's to me a great place to be because i ca- I couldn't say that three years ago about where i was i was thinking about you know where is this going to exist is it even worth my time mm. if it's going to like yeah manifest yeah. and go to this network yeah. or or whatnot will this person see it or things like that and when i'm just kind of heads down and doing my best work for for myself um and becoming better Um, uh, building a better network, like actively working on those things, the things that are in front of me that I can put my hands on and like control, then even what I thought something could become, like it it will be more than that. Like I I can't even
2: fathom what the return is going to be, and it probably you probably give off a mm. different energy when you walk into rooms, not necessarily looking for outcomes. Absolutely,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, you know what I mean, Absolutely. yeah, it's
2: like I'm yeah. in here because I want an outcome. Nobody wants you. Don't yeah. come to my house. If you need an outcome, man. Yeah. Come here because you want to have a good time today. Yeah. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, yeah. like I can't, yeah. I can't deal with people where yeah. everything's attached to an outcome. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, even mm-hmm. even relationships, show up to give, show up to love. You do that yeah. long enough. If two people are doing that long enough, I promise you, whatever outcome you're looking for, probably going to come from that. Yeah.
3: Right
0: here we go. Yeah, what kind of legacy do you both want to leave behind? Clearly, it's going to be rooted in purpose. And Nepotism process.
2: should be the goal of every society. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All right, when when you get up out of here, somebody should still be able to say your dead ass name, and things could happen. Mm. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> hey, work for Rockefellers, yeah, Kennedys, Bushes. Carnegie's. why not you mm-hmm. carnegie's mm-hmm. nepotism should be the goal of every society why do you say that because that means if you're doing your best <gasps> then damn it your name is so good that even when you're not in here people are like i want to be attached to that name. you know yeah, like, so, yeah yeah nepotism that's the legacy there we i go. want my name to ring bells when <laughs> when when i don't breathe air
3: <laughs> okay it's the first time i heard that one but it's, it's good <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> what about you <laughs>
4: Legacy. Um legacy, 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 as Hope would say. Um, <laughs> uh, <to> <laughs> I mean I, I don't know the answer to that. I know mm. that I want to leave a legacy. I don't I couldn't tell you what it's gonna be. I know what I, I'm focused on doing though. Yeah. Um, but I'd be interested to see how people describe it when it's when it's said and done.
3: Mm, okay, so you just yes. I'm, like, okay.
2: I'm being partially facetious when I say that too. By the way, I'll I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a quote. Uh, Jackie Robinson. Uh, we Jackie know you're Rob- gonna give us a quote. Of course, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie Robinson is one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite quotes. I I, I actually um this, I used to said this in my Miami speech. But I used to see it every single day when I walked into City Field. It was wrapped around the Jackie Robinson Rotunda. Mm-hmm. But this quote that wrapped the that wrapped the atrium. It said that a life is not important except for the impact that it has on other lives. A life in itself yeah. is not important except for in the impact it has on other lives. Yeah, okay. and it's like, wow, yeah. well, that's well, that's powerful. So, what is, is a legacy? Is. I guess a legacy is is leaving an impact on other people's lives.
3: Exactly.
2: And I, and I I agree with that. So I agree like, with
4: that too. Sometimes yeah. it doesn't have an adjective. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes that's twenty. Yeah. yeah.
3: I say an amen all right okay yeah, so amazing. I know you said earlier that you didn't have anything you want to plug but if you do this is the moment if you also any future projects or things that you want people to look out for mm-hmm.
4: clout is on Amazon Prime right now
2: so I would say go catch that clout uh-huh. is an amazing short film Man, mm-hmm. if you got it's so some good. time it's really I don't good. care what, listen you got time it's 24 hours in a day go watch clout Thanks. Please. you got
3: time. <laughs> Ain't no if you got time, you got time. Yeah,
2: you got time. Yeah, yeah you I do.
4: Yeah, and <laughs> it's worth the watch. It's worth the watch. For it sure. is. Denzel Woodcock is great, mm. he, he crushes, he's amazing. Um, a backyard in Baldwin is coming soon that hasn't been announced yet. I guess it's the first place we've announced it. Uh, Uh-oh, that's a okay. sequel exclusive, absolutely. So, it's a sequel to <laughs> A Balcony in Brooklyn. So, you know. Keep your eyes open for that. That'll be coming soon. Okay.
2: Boom. What awesome. about you? Oh, I got nothing going on. Thank you for this question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just playing. So check it out, right? Uh I booked the New Faces show. If this today is July 28, 2021. I don't know when this is gonna come out, but August 4th, Comedy Chateau. I will be there that night. On stage of the okay. New Faces uh, showcase, uh, okay. me, hey, my boy Corey Webb is going nice. to be there as well too. Uh, I do have some other projects that's coming out. I don't even know if I can say that yet. I can't. I don't think you can. Say yeah, that. I, I can't say that yet until like September. So yeah, I, I'm, okay. I did something within the past couple of months that brought a lot of joy to me and my own personal bucket list. So I'm excited about that. Okay. Uh, Dope. So, but I, I just can't say what that is yet.
3: No, that's fine. As long but,
2: as Just uh, hush, hush. Yeah. Hush, hush. I don't even know if Ray people Ray be like, yo, that's huge. But to me, it is, As long as yeah. it's huge to you, don't it
3: worry about it. Yeah, but yes.
2: but yeah um comedy chateau august 4th new face showcase your boy will be on stage uh hey. and it's just gonna be more much more funnier than what i was doing today today we all about thought-provoking stuff two buckets <laughs> yes. i got a bucket list question
4: for brandon yeah, who talk are the to you. uh two most talented or
2: the uh most inspiring actors that you've worked with that's a good question. I haven't really thought much about that. Isn't that crazy, y'all? If I've worked with you in the past, don't take my silences. Oh, what about me? <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Um, Most inspiring. You said the most inspiring I've worked with? No favorites. No favorites. No favorites. I Meaning they can't hate you on this list. You know up. what? Okay. Natasha Leone was very inspiring to me. Okay. Um, yes.
0: yes. Yeah. Russian doll?
2: Yes. And that was part of it. So obviously, I was a fan of of Orange is the New Black before I was on it, and mm-hmm. I just thought she was a great actress. And you've seen her in so many other things she's yeah. coming up to, like American Pie and all those things as yep. well. But what I found interesting was that script that she had put together for Russian Doll. I got a chance to to be at the table read for it um, before you know anyone knew what it was. Mm-hmm. But I was I was so inspired by how you know she had such a full career at that point. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. she wanted to take on something else, and so they got together and created their own production companies. I think it's called Animal Films, if I'm not mistaken. And um, they put together this great script, and I'm reading it, and I'm like, "Damn, this this is really good." I didn't know it was gonna be that good. I only read three episodes. I didn't know what the other five was gonna bring. So I was looking mm. forward to like everybody else. But how she was able to maneuver from uh, just being so damn good and one thing. Yeah. And then showing that I'm damn good at something else within such a short span was like, yeah. right. you look at that and you're like, wow, like, just because you're you're excelling at one thing, don't sell yourself short at trying to excel at another. And right. so was right. from from a writing standpoint, director standpoint, it was like, that shit was inspiring to me. And I was like, yeah. I, I need to be making sure I'm doing things, too, and I'm still creating things, too. Yeah. yeah, you might be great at one thing you've done, but can you be great at more things, too? Right. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I heard a quote that says, uh, if you're great at one thing, people will believe you can be great at many things. This is the reason Michael Jordan got a steakhouse. Never cooked a day in his life. but he shot a basketball so well, he got people to invest in his steaks. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, I yep. guess so, right? Uh, you're in Russian, though. Yeah, yeah, briefly, that. briefly. <laughs> um yeah. we to be in season two? No, 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 no. Um, the thing is, I actually, I actually, we shot more scenes, um, but there, the scenes that I was in, there was just I was talking to the one of the um, the directors about there, even the editors, but there was just so much time spent in the in the bathroom in the first season. They were like, We we had to yeah. cut some scenes. So I had like two mm-hmm. scenes in there and stuff like that as well, too. So it was gonna be two episodes, I think like three and four. then end up doing like one scene, one episode. But I didn't really care. I was just happy to be there on the process. It was really about, you know, it was her scene. You know, who's seen it? It's her she scene. Who's story? <laughs> her story. It's you know her. I mean? <laughs> and I was just happy to be there, man. Sometimes mm-hmm. you got to be Chris Paul, man. Throw that ball up there. Let him dunk, man. It. And, and there's, joy in, right. there's joy in the assist. Absolutely. Um,
3: That's a
2: good quote. Second person inspired me that I've worked with, um, Hunter Emery. Okay. I actually mm-hmm. worked with him on Orange is the New Black as well, too. Uh, he, played a, he played a CO officer. Um, he was the Ooh, one that was that uh, dating. Yeah. Um, I can't think of her character's name right now but what i found inspiring about him it wasn't necessarily just the um what he was able to bring to the screen but this is what i find fascinating about any creative that's mm-hmm. still in the process of becoming you know he was married he had a kid as well too and this dude got up every single day and he also was working a job at the same time while he was doing Orange oranges new black and uh, I remember uh, he was like Yo, pop out my bar sometimes was like bro you still bartending he's like yeah man fuck I got family I was like yeah I was <laughs> like, yeah you right <laughs> it, it's different I'm a single you know what I mean so I ain't no kids and wife and nothing like that so mm-hmm. my, uh, my responsibility is a little bit different but then when I see somebody show up to work and they kill it they go home then they kill it it's like they will still being super active super dad and still working on other stuff at the same time that shit inspired me and it reminded me you know what stay humble and continue to move forward and just seeing how yeah. good he was as a dad to his kid and I got to meet him like the our last days on set that was inspiring inspiring to me too because it showed that you know what in, in this game you could be a you could be a dad you could you could be a dad a husband and, and a bomb ass actor and, and still be a cool ass person that people want right. to be around and kick it with and stuff too because he was that for me so i just found his whole aura and who he was as a being in person just inspiring you amazing yeah, guy, yeah, yeah was, you know give me something to look forward to i was like I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be a dad one day and an actor and then a husband so i got to. I had to figure out how to do all of it well like uh, you're doing. <laughs> that.
0: That's good. That's good. Yes. All the mics were
3: dropped in this this whole <laughs> interview
4: for sure. Thank Absolutely. you guys for having this. This has been fun.
3: Yeah. Thank no. you guys for coming through. It was great. Yeah. You this guys is, were great. Yeah. Let's play yeah.
2: We're Not Really Strangers next time and then just start pulling out random questions. I have that. You yeah, got it? I have that game. Yeah. What you think? About? Um, It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> hey, not if, if we We're replaced not that game now. with a person, I was like, "Yo, what do you think about him? <laughs> he cool?" <laughs> I literally You're saying like, the same.
3: You thing. don't really like him. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool, yeah, cool. But yeah, thank you guys so much for coming through. This was great. It was very yes. thought provoking, which was yes. which good. I love conversations like this. You know, I think uh, you know we need to think a lot more these days. So yeah, yes.
2: hey, if you think twice, you'll be one of the smartest people on earth. There we go. (laughs) Where can
0: people find you on the social? Or where do you want people to find you on
2: uh, social media and stuff? I'm at B underscore Wellington on every platform. Okay. I'm at
4: Menace to Dennis. Menace to Dennis.
3: Okay. Awesome. All right. So thank you so much. Dennis Williams, the second and Mr. Brandon (laughs) Wellington. We had such a great
1: time. (laughs) You guys were so cool. Yes.
3: Thank you. Thank you so much for having us.
4: Thank you guys.
1: Hey y'all,
0: we are back and wow, what an amazing conversation we had with, you know, with Dennis and with Brandon. Like they came through with all the gems, like, truly from how they work together and inspire each other and how they learn those lessons to like overcoming so much, um, you know, rejection. And what, you know, Brandon taught us was rejection is actually redirection, okay? Come so, on with her, with her, okay? Okay, so they went ahead and dropped all the gems. Listen, this is our Niggas You Should Know segment. We just had a great conversation again with writer-director Dennis Williams and actor Brandon Wellington. If you don't know them by now, you ain't never gonna know. So they have really made a mark in the industry. You can find all of their stuff and they're gonna continue to do so. Make sure you support them and everything that mm-hmm. they do. They already gave us, you know, their handles, but you can find um Dennis Williams the second at menace to Dennis or at campsite studios. And then you can find Brandon Wellington yeah. at B underscore Wellington at all things. So check them out, support them. Um Please see Clout. It is such a good short. It's, you can mm-hmm. get it on Amazon. I know that he's working on making it a feature as it should be. When I watched it, it's about 20 minutes. It felt even shorter. Like it went by so fast because it was so good. So in the best way, yeah. Yes, in the best way possible. So yeah, yeah. like. Listen, these are the two niggas you should know. Each week we're going to be coming back with mo niggas you should know. And we'll be able to talk to them and get the tea directly from them, honey. And uh, yeah, continue.
1: So on and so forth. Yeah. <laughs> so on and so on forth. So forth. Uh, yes. Like I said a thousand times, thank them so much. Yes. Crew. It was a great conversation. I genuinely Absolutely. learned a lot just from uh, just from listening. Yes. Uh, Which is what we all need to be doing at all times. We need to be listening and learning and absorbing and growing. So that's why I love conversations like this. So, um, yeah, super excited for you guys, uh, that got to witness that. Okay. You guys are blessed. Yes. Yes. Like Judith said, make sure you support, support, support always with anything that these two Mm-hmm. Young mm-hmm. fellows are doing. Right. So, yeah. Get <laughs> the description to get yes. all of their info if you didn't catch it um, when they told y'all. So, mm-hmm. anyway, enough with my aggressive <laughs> <laughs> shit um yeah end of the episode we are so excited to uh have another interview down in the books another episode down in the books yeah that we get to do this is a blessing that we do not take for granted yes um we love getting the little comments of you guys saying that you know it's helpful the things that we talk about so that's what we do about and we yes. just, we're fully up from here honestly yeah. honestly why not? <laughs> Why do I do that. I blame it I it for the way that I uh fuck up words sometimes just for fun. Um so yeah, um yeah. yeah. So keep keep listening, keep engaging, stay tuned in yes. uh and all that. Happy writing. Yes. Happy, happy directing because we've Yes. Happy years. acting. Yeah. Yes. yes. Happy auditing. Girl. Okay. <laughs> <And all right. laughs> and they choose okay everybody all the teams um just keep creating and keep living life and keep being positive Mm -hmm. and being um optimistic and uh being you because that's you to be all right leave y'all my soapbox y'all leave y'all alone (laughs) (laughs)
0: hit us up on all things tinseltown tea um we we love to hear from you and engage with you and yeah that that was another fun episode hope y'all enjoyed it